0: Last week, uh, we began a series of messages, three in all, uh, called The Treasure of Time and How to Spend It Wisely. And I I, uh, began by giving you the disclaimer that I realized that the subject matter that we're going to be dealing with over these weeks uh, could be uh, assumed to be not very spiritual. Because we're going to be dealing with disorganization as we did last week, today, sleep deprivation and the following week, Stress. And these are the kinds of things you could walk down any row in a, in a bookstore and find all kinds of self-help materials and you could attend a seminar and so on. But listen, this is, these are spiritual issues. And as I said last week, the reason I chose to take this on among some other things I outlined was because I believe these are spiritual warfare issues. Things we need to contend for that the enemy of our soul wants to rob us of. Anytime we find ourselves looking at something that God wants for us to experience and we're not, we need to find out why and we need to ask the Lord to help us to get that straightened out. And so, that's why we began this series. And last week, we talked about... Disorganization and I asked the question are you managing time or just managing and we talked about how to live and work smarter today We're going to talk about sleep deprivation I'm asking the question. Are you beating the clock or just beat and we're going to talk about how to stop trading your health for time and then next week we're going to We're going to talk about stress And I'm going to ask the question is your life balanced or a balancing act And we're going to talk about how to maintain life's equilibrium. And I ask you to turn to Psalm 127. And we're going to read two verses here. Verse 1 and verse 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The word vain there means empty, meaningless, foolish. It's it's empty. It's meaningless. It's foolish to labor in vain uh, to build a house that the Lord isn't building. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you, empty for you, meaningless, foolish for you, to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. That's the heart of God for you. That's a promise for you. He, You are his beloved. And he gives his beloved sleep. If you find yourself today being robbed of something God wants for you to experience in particular rest and sleep we need to find out why that's happening and go after it in terms or in the name of Jesus in terms of spiritual warfare and see that changed wouldn't you wouldn't you agree with that wouldn't you say yes to that I want what God says I am intended to have So let's begin by, you know, clarifying some things, one of which is the definition of sleep deprivation. What do we mean by that? I probably don't. I'm I'm sure most of you understand that term. But just in case, to make sure we're all playing from the or singing from the same music... I want to talk to you about what I mean by, for the sake of this morning's message, sleep deprivation. And there's two things. First, insufficient rest due to insomnia, and insomnia uh, is the result of can be the result of a lot of different things, some of which you don't intend. You know, Sue and I we travel twice a year to Asia. We just got back a couple of weeks ago, and it's a huge problem for us in terms of sleep, uh, dis, you know, uh, deprivation due to um, due to jet lag. So we travel; it's 15 hours ahead to to 15 or 16, depending on the time of year, to Taiwan where we go. We get there and we spend nearly 10 days trying to get our equilibrium in terms of our our sleep. We're always waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And about the time it starts to normal out, I'm not even sure that's the right way to say that. normal out. That's probably not good grammar. But by the time it gets to be sort of normal it's time to get on a plane and come home and start the whole thing <laughs> over again. So it's usually two or three weeks that we're we're not sure where we are and and uh, dealing with sleep deprivation. That's a form of insomnia. And yes, I guess you could say we signed up for it, but it, uh, it it's not what we signed up for. It's a byproduct of what we signed up for. All right, so. There can be a lot of things that create insomnia that isn't directly our responsibility. But there is a form that is a voluntarily produced sleep deficit. And that's what I'm talking about today. Sleep deprivation in the form of a voluntarily produced sleep deficit. Why should we be concerned about this? For a lot of reasons. One, it causes irritability (laughs) and impatience. Anybody ever experienced that before? No, don't, don't, don't raise your hand. Your spouse might be looking. Um, it diminishes a bunch of things. It diminishes productivity. It diminishes efficiency. It diminishes creativity. It diminishes concentration. And it compromises safety. These are things... I, look, I want to be productive. I want to be efficient. I want to be creative. I want to have full concentration. And I don't want to put my life at risk. But when I am sleep deprived, these are are issues for me. These are problems for me. It impairs a bunch of things. It impairs judgment. It impairs memory. It impairs reaction time. It impairs decision making. Sleep deprivation increases the risk of diabetes because your body doesn't metabolize glucose in the way that it's supposed to. That's scary. It is cumulative to some degree, meaning we don't know exactly how much, but it seems to add up over time. Most of us write this stuff off and we think, oh, well, I'll just take a nap on the weekend or I'll just sleep in tomorrow or whatever. We're going to talk in a little bit about how that isn't the solution to the problem. It doesn't doesn't fix it. This is serious stuff. It's serious stuff. What are the causes? Well, there are cultural causes and there are spiritual causes. I want to talk to you about the cultural causes. First of all, the light bulb. The invention of the light bulb sent our, sent the people, our race, into an an era when we could stay up later and do things. And so when darkness fell, we didn't have to go to sleep. And that has created, in part, you know, and I'm not, I'm not advocating us going back to the, to the dark ages, uh, pardon the pun, but I'm just saying it's, it's something we've got to think about and something we've got to deal with. Uh, uh, there's economic pressure that forces us into sleep depra- deprivation. I've got I to gotta do more. I've got to work a second job. I've got to blah, blah, blah. Shift work. A lot of us uh, know what it is to do shift work. I, I worked uh, for a while uh, Uh, on a graveyard shift I understand what that is and I know that there's some some sometimes that that's just that's just life that's just the way it is if I want this job that's when I gotta work but it's a challenge when they you know over and over every study you read tell says that people who who work like uh, you know these odd shifts they pay a price you can kind of get used to it but it's still robbing you of something they say I'm not saying to quit your job. I'm just saying this is, this is a reality that we're dealing with. Uh, life's complexity. You ever notice that life is uh, very complex? And that tends to force us into a fight or flight kind of mode a lot of times that increases the problems we have with sleep deprivation. Twenty-four hour options. I mean you can do anything and get anything twenty four hours a day these you know in our day and age and so that just creates options for sleep deprivation. Social stigmatization. You ever said to somebody, you know what, I think I'm gonna go home and take a nap? You can see the thing on their face, right? You you slacker, you loser, <laughs> right? I remember very well. I was uh, working in Silicon Valley in, uh, in uh, one of the technology booms, the one in the late 90s, and it was a crazy gold rush time, just kind of like it is right now, again. And uh, you could come by any uh, company in the valley at any time, day or night, and the place would be packed with people slaving away, working in their lights on, cars in the parking lot. It was totally crazy. And at the same time, I was trying to plant a church, and, I, and I, it was a spiritual thing for me, and I won't go into all the details of how the Lord dealt with me about it, but I do know the Lord told me that I needed to take a stand about it. And uh, so uh, one day, I, was, I remember this clear as a bell. I worked in a, a cubicle farm, you know, a great big old room divided up in a lot of these little cubicles. And, and um, at 5 o'clock, I stood up and started for the door. And, you know, they call it, uh, they call it gophering or groundhogging. You know, people stick their heads up <laughs> over their cubes and they're like, where's he going? You know, and I had to deal with that. And I wasn't sure I was going to have a job when I came back the next day. I did. It's a long story. But anyway, there is a social stigmatization that's, that's at work in this whole thing. So there's some of these, these are some of the cultural causes for sleep deprivation. But there are spiritual ones, too. Number one, ignorance or unbelief. Ignorance of the promises we have from God. And we read one this morning. He gives his beloved sleep. If you don't know that, then you might be susceptible to some of what the enemy wants to throw at you. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But it may just be that you hear it, maybe this morning even when we read it, and you heard us say, you you heard me say, you read it in the page in front of you, He gives his beloved sleep, but you don't believe it. That's an issue. There's also a satanic strategy. John 10, verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus went on to say, I have come that they may have life And that they may have it more abundantly. But notice there the strategy of the enemy. Look, he he has a plan to ruin you. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, what does that mean? To steal means he wants to quietly rob you of everything God intends for you. He will nibble away at at the edges of God's blessings for your life until they're gone. One of which is adequate sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. But the enemy is not going to leave it there. He's going to eat away around the edges of that until it's gone. It says he comes to steal, to kill. The word kill is the word that's used for sacrifice. You know, when you have a, something that's burnt up before a god on an altar, a sacrifice. The enemy wants for you to sacrifice your health. He wants to convince you that you have to sacrifice yourself. It's your, it's your duty. It's your duty to sacrifice your health for time. You owe that. He wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That word destroy means to, to, to take, it, take it down to uh, scorched earth. He's not satisfied with just eating away at the, you know, silently, subtly eating away at the, at the blessings of God. He will do that. He's not satisfied with just convincing you that you have to. It's your duty. It's, you know, it's what's the responsible thing for you to do is to sacrifice or to, to trade your health for time. He's not, he's not going to leave it there. He wants to take it till all that's left of you and the blessings of God is a dark spot on the ground to ruin you completely. That's his strategy. We have an, uh, an enemy that's work, working overtime in this area. Now, there's a lot of things that we go, that we do spiritual battle for, but I wonder if it's ever occurred to you that sleep should be one of those. But it is one of those things that we need to. That's why I said this is a matter of spiritual warfare. I want to ask you to consider if you are sleep-deprived. Most of us uh, are in denial about that. <clears throat> As most things, uh, we don't want to admit that there's a problem. So I'm going to ask you if, to consider a few questions that might put it into perspective for you, and uh, be sure to answer yourself. Talk to yourself now. Answer yourself um, honestly. All right? Do you need to wake an alarm to wake up? If you do, there's a high chance that you're (coughs) sleep-deprived. Do you fall asleep within five minutes of laying down for bed? I mean, if you're the person that you hit the pillow and boom, you're out, that's a strong indicator that you are sleep-deprived. Do you wake refreshed? (laughs) Now, ask yourself, if not... uh, hmm. Do you have trouble concentrating? Do you find yourself at times just in a fog mentally? Do you become drowsy doing repetitive or sedentary tasks? My, my brother, one of my brothers this past year has at least twice, and I'm, I'm thinking there might even be a third that I don't remember right now, has been twice on He, he has a brutal commute, and uh, twice this year for sure, maybe one other time, He's woken up because he was in an accident and totaled his car. He's lucky he's alive. He's trying to do something about that right now. But this is, a, this is an important issue to be honest with yourself about. If you, if you think you might be having some trouble in this area, let's talk about the cure. What is it? Let me, I'm going to first give you some practical suggestions. These aren't worth much. But I figure if I'm going to raise the subject, I had to give you everything I can. So I'm going to first give you some, some practical suggestions, and then we're going to talk about some spiritual stuff. <clears throat> first of all, first practical suggestion, get more sleep. <laughs> it can't be, can't, be, can't be simpler than that. <laughs> Regarding that, retire if you want to get more sleep... Retire earlier rather than sleep later. A lot of us think uh, that, you know, well, I'll just make it up on the back end. You know, I'll I'll sleep later. It doesn't usually work that way, especially for adults anyway. Uh, Adolescence is another story. But for adults, go to bed earlier. Um, Two, nap on days off. Now, you cannot overcome a sleep debt by... Uh, additional rest fully, but you can help it. You can, if you can sneak in a nap here or two, it will, it will help some. Not completely eradicate it, but it will help. Ignore the, that goofy look on the person's face that you had to tell, whether it's your wife or husband or friend, that you've got to go take a nap. Ignore that and go <laughs> do it. <clears throat> I, should, I should tell you. I don't know why, but I just feel like I should tell you I usually try to nap, if I can, if I don't have some other meeting to do, or I usually try to nap on Sunday afternoon, because by the time I get to Sunday afternoon, and nobody, I'm not complaining here or whining, it's just that by the time I get to Sunday afternoon, I'm pretty much cooked. And I have this weird behavior. <laughs> I go home, and I, we have this couch that has four cushions on it, you know, or four you know, uh, pillows on it. And I, I don't go up and lay on my bed. I don't know why. I go and I lay down on this couch and I cover myself with the pillows. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know why, but it works. Whatever works, dear ones, get more sleep. Find your circadian rhythm. Now, this, your circadian rhythm is the, the ups and downs of your, uh, through your day of your awake sleep pattern, you know. Um, And uh, for most adults between, I mean, the peak of sleepiness is between 2 and 4 in the morning and 1 and 3 in the afternoon. That's why Starbucks does such a great business between 1 and 3 in the afternoon. Um, But it's not a hard and fast thing. I mean, everybody is different. But find your rhythm and work with it. Let the Lord help you to know when. Don't do things that require a lot of concentration in the time when your valley is happening. Be not smart, okay? So get more sleep, and there's some things about that. Go to the bed at the same time every day. That'll help you a lot. Building patterns around this stuff uh, really, really helps a lot. And along with that, get up at the same time regardless of when you retire. So get once you get a pattern going, your body will uh, settle into that routine and you'll be better off. Avoid late meals. Am I okay here? Yeah. Um, uh, watch caffeine intake. Uh, don't use your bedroom as an office. I mean, you, if you psychologically imagine when I step into that room, I, I've got stuff to do, well, sleep is not going to come very easily. So make your bedroom sacred in terms of sleep. Don't force yourself to stay in bed if you're not falling asleep. Get up, do something else, and then come back to sleep so that your bed doesn't become equated in your mind and emotions with a torture chamber, you know? (laughs) Develop pre-bed rituals. This works for our grandchildren. They get snack, they get bath, they get book, they get song, they sleep. (laughs) So but when we start snack. They know what's coming, and their body starts to... And by the time we get to bed, it's, you know, they're done, right? So develop these patterns around your, around your pre-bed ritual, and it'll help. Um, make required lifestyle changes. These are tough. You might have to do some things that are hard to do, but worth it. Now let's get to the biblical uh, directives. <clears throat> First of all believe the lord's promise. I said earlier that some of you when we read those words, you heard me say them, I doubt whether there was anyone here who in, in, with their intellect or mentally were saying, well, I don't believe that. Consciously, I don't believe that. But I I would doubt whether there weren't quite a few of us who, whether we voiced it or not, imagined, well, that that can't be true for me. You don't know my situation. Can I tell you? God does. And when he makes a promise, he doesn't make a promise, I give my beloved sleep, except for you. No. He gives his beloved sleep. Believe the promise of God. Trust him. To do the building and the protecting. How many hours I've laid in bed wide awake, worried about building something or protecting something. I don't want to give that time, that precious time, to worry and fret any longer. Because the Bible says when I do, it's foolish, it's empty, it's worthless, it's vain. Bring your cares and your concerns to him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. See, a lot of us, we think of it like this. We we get ready, you know, to go to bed or whatever it is we're doing, and we'll say, God, this is torturing me, this worry, this concern that I have about you name it. And I just give it to you. And what we imagine is that we're just sort of um, offloading it from us. You know, we, we're not going to carry it anymore, but it's still sitting there. This care and this concern is still sitting there, but we're trying to distance ourselves from it. But what this passage in First Peter says is it isn't just sitting there. It's in the hands of the one who cares for me. Where else could it be possible that that care would find its its value, find where it's taken care of, but in the hands of the Lord? Casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you. I can let it go because I know it will be cared for by the one who cares for me. Allow him to alert you to the devil's tactics. You know, one of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 is discerning of spirits. We talked earlier about the enemy's strategy to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does that uh, under uh, the cover of darkness. He doesn't want to be found out. So when the Lord, but the Lord can, by his Spirit, alert us to wait a minute, I'm not going to let this happen. And we can take a stand in faith and resist and find God there to meet us. And then finally, invite him to heal you. This, for many of us, we've been writing this off. We've been, we've been thinking of this as not having much uh, impact on our lives for a long time. And during that time, we have been, uh, we have been victimized by sleep deprivation. And we need the healing touch of God, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want to leave you with this from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me. Jesus said this. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I will give you rest. This is recording number 11107, from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Four Square Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, June 1, 2014. This is the second message in a series titled, The Treasure of Time. How to spend it wisely. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Sleep Deprivation. Are you beating the clock or just beat?